Okay, I'm back. I'm semi-refreshed. I have almost no voice because as everybody knows, when you go to a conference, you end up catching something, right? But it's time for a look back at the highlights of WPPI 2018 on this special episode of Behind the Shot. Welcome to this special episode of Behind the Shot, a look back at the highlights of WPPI 2018 in Las Vegas. I got back from WPPI last week, had an absolutely great time. I did catch something. You may hear my voice go in and out during this. I'll do my best to, to make it work. But overall, it was a really, really good WPPI. I met some new friends, saw some old friends, Craig Colvin, Renee Robin, old TWIP people. Uh, also, Christopher uh, Barry was there. My buddy Troy Miller was there. I finally got to meet Kenna Klosterman live and in person. That was great. She's a recent guest on my show. Also got to see Scott Bourne, Richard Harrington, and a bunch of other great photographers. Now, if you've never been to WPPI, let me kind of give you a, a summary. It's a... It's a conference that happens in Vegas each and every year. And for years, it was at the MGM Grand. Last year, it went to the convention center. And I know a lot of people said to me they didn't enjoy it at the convention center and they weren't going to go back this year. I have to tell you, if you did not go because of that this year, you may have made a mistake. They moved it to Mandalay Bay Convention Center. And I've got to tell you, they pulled it off really, really well. The expo was great. The people were great. The organization was great. Really, WPPI kind of nailed it this year, and you missed out if you didn't go. But I'm going to try and give you kind of a summary of some of the things that I saw, some of the things that I learned, what I enjoyed, what I didn't enjoy. Actually, now that I think about it, there's not much I didn't enjoy. By the way, Vegas, the food. If you don't go for anything else, go for the food. Fantastic food. So let's head through WPPI. I went out a day or so early and had a great time in Vegas and then went to uh, the conference. At the conference, one of the things I got to do this year, the first night, Sunday night, was go to a special presentation from Skylum. Now, Skylum Software is formerly MacFun. You may know the name MacFun. The Creative Kit, Tonality, uh, Aurora, all of these great products that come out of MacFun, right? I'm a big MacFun user. They're installed on the machine I'm looking at right now. But they've come out with Luminar 2018. And they gave us a look at Luminar 2018. We also talked about Aurora HDR a, a little bit as well, which if you're not familiar with, watch the episode I did with Trey Ratcliffe because he uses Aurora HDR. It's partially his product. I think he was a consultant actually on the product, but great software, right? But they also gave us a sneak peek. They are coming out with a DAM, otherwise known as a digital asset manager, which is something I think is sadly lacking in our industry, especially on the Mac. But really, unless you're a big enterprise-wide corporation, there aren't many great dams out there, digital asset managers, but they are coming out with one. They gave us a sneak peek at one. The meeting was actually at Kiss Mini Golf over at the Rio Casino, which was fun in and of itself. It was a great event. Uh, Scott Bourne got up and did some speaking about the products and, and where they wanna go. Again, they used to be called Mac Fun. But now their software is available in the Windows platform. So they've changed the name to Skylum. And with Skylum, they are really going after Adobe head-to-head. -head. They are willing to walk up to Adobe, look at them in the face, and say, I'm going to take you down. And they're trying to do that. Now, I'm an Aurora fan. I'm a, I'm a fan of Tonality and some of their other products. 
The Luminar I had not used a lot. I've played with it a good amount at this point, and so far, here's what I like. No software is perfect, right? But sometimes you see a product and more importantly, you meet a team of people. On this team, they've got uh, Vanelli, they've got Richard Harrington, they've got Scott Bourne, they've got this, this fantastic family of photographers that are involved in this product. And, and that's the thing that struck me. I love dealing with companies that have a passion about what they do. And this is photography software, at least it seems to me, this is photography software that is heavily influenced by actual working photographers, not just engineers. Now, is it perfect yet? This is the second iteration of Luminar. And, and there are some things that I found that, that aren't great for me and my workflow yet. There are some other things I found that will make me refer this software to family and friends and, and other photographers of mine that aren't software geeks like me. I'm a network engineer by trade, so I love toys. There are a number of things in Luminar 2018 that for an average photographer are gonna be huge. You're gonna love this software if you're that, if you're in that world, right? And if you're on Mac or Windows, either way. When the dam comes out later this year, the Digital Asset Manager, which should come out earlier on the Mac than it does for Windows for a number of, of different logistical reasons from a programming point of view is what I understand, uh, it could actually make this product go head-to-head -head with Adobe Lightroom. Now, it may not right away. I, I wanna be clear on that. I don't, I haven't played with the product, so I don't know yet. But again, hearing them talk, these are guys who really honestly believe that they can go head-to-head -head with Adobe, which almost everybody I know right now is unhappy with Lightroom and Photoshop. These people at, at Skylum Software think that they can go head-to-head -head, head with Adobe and beat them. And it's gonna be really exciting to watch them. So that's the first thing that happened. And again, I highly recommend you take a look. You can get demos of all of these, download the demos. Take a look at Aurora HDR 2018, take a look at Luminar 2018 and watch for the Digital Asset Manager. I think it might be able to change your workflow for the better, right? So let's move on. The other thing that I got to do is I got to talk to Canon. Now, Canon recently announced a couple of new products. One of them is their new mirrorless camera. And then the other one is a new flash that they released. Now, the mirrorless camera is intriguing to me. And we'll get into why I've got a video that I recorded on the show floor. The flash, when I went to talk to the people at Canon, okay? Hopefully they're not watching this. When I went to talk to the people at Canon, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, this is this is a gimmick. This is this is crazy, right? It's a flash, and the head moves itself. It uses artificial intelligence to bounce the light for you rather than you having to figure it out. Well, see, I already know bounce flash. And as I talked to them, <clears throat> it became clear to me that there are a number of people out there that are good photographers, but afraid of getting into flash or speed lights. And this is a product that very well may be a perfect entry level flash for intermediate and advanced amateurs or beginning intermediate professional photographers that for some reason or another have never really, you know, taken that dive into artificial light. 
And it could teach somebody. The key to this flash is the series it's in, right? There's the 200, the 400, and the 500, and the 600 series Canon flashes. This is a 400 series flash, which immediately to me said, wait a minute, Steve, rethink this. Don't be so critical on it because they're not aiming at the pros with this or it would be a 600 flash, right? It doesn't have radio transmission. It's not an RT flash. It's an optical trigger only. Or, of course, you can use your own remote triggers, but built in, it doesn't have radio triggering. Um, by the time I was done talking to them, there were a couple things on this flash that really did stick out to me. Number one, for a beginner with flash, once you let it take two pre-flashes, and figure out where it's gonna point. Any way you turn the camera, it will try to maintain it. So if you're shooting horizontal and it figures out the perfect bounce for you using artificial intelligence, and you turn your camera into portrait mode, that flash will adjust itself to try and get the same bounce. It's actually kind of an intriguing idea. Again, maybe gimmicky for pros and, and people that know flash, but if you're a beginner and have never you know, tried on-camera flash before, I don't know. This could be interesting. Let's take a look at the video on this one. Hey again, it's Steve Brazel from the Behind the Shot podcast. Thanks for joining me. I'm here at WPPI 2018. I'm talking to some friends of mine from Canon. We're talking about two recent announcements that they did. The new 400 series flash that has AI built into the flash. We'll talk about that a little bit. Then we're going to talk about their new mirrorless camera. So let's talk about the flash first of all. So the flash itself is a 470EXKI, correct? Yes. Explain to me, if you would, kind of the idea of the AI. So AI is auto intelligence bounce. What that means is that we have a flash that's able to go and actually take a subject reading, take a ceiling height reading, and actually triangulate those two readings to give you the correct bounce angle to get better image. So it's doing a pre-flash in both yes. directions. So depending on how you set this up, there's three different modes for different experiences. Your camera's going to have it flash forward, flash toward the ceiling, and it'll actually get the correct bounce angle. At that point, in full auto, this is the part I like. Watch this. It'll restore that angle. So no matter what you do to that camera right now, it's going to try and restore what it needs for the correct bounce. Correct. Which is going to give you that warm off-camera flash type look. So, in comparison to the, to the other 400s, you know, the other 430, or as you move up to the 600s, where does this land as far as as you know, capabilities in the line? So, as far as uh, guide number goes, it's a 47 meter guide number, approximately 154 feet. Okay. As far as uh, what our rating is, and ISO 100. Overall, when you look at what the capabilities of this is, this is the first and only flash on the entire market that has the auto-intelligent bounce capability. But at the same time, if you're a more advanced shooter, you do have the 430EX Mark III and 600 series flashes that both have RT capability and sending capabilities. Uh, this particular flash will only be an IR receiver. Okay. So, so there is no radio in this? No, sir. So that, that brings up a question you may or may not know the answer to. I use the 600s myself. I own a multiple um, number of 600s. Are they intending to come out with one of these that's an RT in your knowledge? I do not have one. 
of want to see this because that's really actually kind of cool. Uh, what are we looking at as far as megapixel and etc.? What, what are the specs of something? APS-C size sensor. Okay. 24.1 megapixels. Okay. It's a very good resolution. Uh, it's got a brand new digital processor. Yeah, I heard about that. You know what? I saw a rumor on this camera that there was also now a CR3 RAW file. Is that true? What's the difference in the new RAW? So there are two different RAW files. Canon Rumors had that. Had that, by the way. If you're not a Canon Rumors follower, you should be. So there's two different RAW modes. In okay. So as far as image quality, prior we had CR2. You had a full size RAW, a medium size RAW, and then a small RAW. Okay. At this point, what we have is a full size RAW, the RAW RAW, and then there will be a C RAW. So it'll be compact RAW. Okay. So it's a compressed RAW. Compact. Okay. Uh, and what we're going to talk about is that on both models, RAW and C-RAW, we're going to get a 6,000 by 4,000 size image. It's not a smaller file. Not a smaller file. So we're not giving you less resolution. We're not giving you less pixels. Okay. And what's the price point on this guy? So body only is about 779. As it sits right there with the 15 to 45 millimeter lens, it's going to play 24 to 72 millimeter. stuff pretty much at, at any store you want to go to, either a brick and mortar, online, B&H, Adorama, whatever you're looking for. But check out the new mirrorless. It, it, I gotta tell you, when I walked in I was thinking this was going to be a little awkward for me. I shoot DSLRs. This is actually really, really comfortable in my hand. I'm, I'm a little surprised by that. The specs look really, really good. Try it out. That, if you're new to flash and trying to learn light, that flash, the 470EX AI, uh, it's going to be an interesting way for you to learn more about the properties of light and bounce flash and utilize it if you're doing it rare and you don't want to spend the time learning. It's going to be a great way for you to introduce yourself to light a little bit. So again, for the Behind the Shot Podcast, I'm Steve Brazel. Thanks for stopping by at WPPI 2018. We'll see you soon. So again, take a look at the new Canon products. I think they're targeted at the right market. They're not for everybody, but they are... A little bit late to the mirrorless game, but it's a very promising looking camera. It has some features on it that are kind of cool, right? So you might want to look at it. It's also a little hair bit smaller than the Sony products. So you might want to want to look at that. As far as the flash is concerned, I've already given you my thoughts on that. I think that it actually has potential considering the market that it's aimed at. Now, the other place that I went and looked was something that actually I think is gonna be a huge thing for photographers, Sigma. Sigma's art series lenses are changing the landscape of third-party lenses for people's camera bodies, right? So if you're a Canon or a Nikon shooter, you've been able to get these amazing quality Sigma art series lenses, and they've released both their new wide-angle lens that's rectilinear, and they also just announced last week that they are releasing 
their prime art series lenses, not the zooms, but their prime art series lenses for Sony mount. No more Metabones adapters. If you're a Sony shooter, you can use these amazing Sigma art series lenses right on your camera and get all the benefits of it. I went and talked to them again, showroom floor noise, bear with me on this one, I'm doing what I can but let's take a listen. Oh, hey again, this is uh, Steve Brazel from the Behind the Shot podcast. Thanks for joining me. I'm here at WPPI 2018. I'm at the Sigma booth, which is becoming some of my favorite lenses out here with the art lenses. I'm with Jared from Sigma. How you doing? They had some new announcements uh, last night I want to talk about. Why did you do this? Just tell us what those new announcements were. Sure. So it's kind of two series of announcements. Uh, the first one was uh, really, very highly anticipated um, Sigma, uh, uh, Sony full frame inbound uh, So we, uh, we announced nine that are launching seven. Uh, seven lenses that are already existing in our hard line 14, 20, 24, 35, 15, 85, and 135. So it's only primes, no zooms. Right? Only, only primes right now. Um, and those get to be, we're start releasing those in a few months. Uh, so we're going to have those in the, in the uh, and Nikon Sony Ball Frame E-mount. Um, and then they also at the same time announced two lenses in our Mark Series. The 105 uh, 1.4 and a 70mm 2.8 macro. Uh, so then also you announced recently, and I think for all the mounts, except maybe the Sony, because the Sony you're focusing on the primes, is the wide angle that you've got. Right. 14 to 24 2.8. Yes. Which I played with a little bit with Jared yesterday. And I'm going to say right now, for me, I, I shoot with a Sigma 15mm right now when I do shows. And this brand new 14 to 24 Sigma looks really interesting to me. It's 2.8. I gotta say, it's built solid. It is. It's one of the most solid ultra wides that I've seen. But I found out one thing. I said to Jared yesterday, you know, what, you know, what, what is the fisheye effect on this? And your answer was, it's rectilinear. It's a rectilinear 14 to 24 art lens, Sigma art lens, based on what's been announced yesterday in the new 14 to 24 Sigma Prime art series lenses for Sony mount. No longer need an adapter. Think about that for a minute if you're a Sony shooter. So make sure if you're at WPPI, come check them out. Otherwise, head to the website, Sigma.com, right? Head to Sigma.com, check out some of their lenses. Jared, thanks for joining us. Oh, you know, correction on that, SigmaPhoto.com. SigmaPhoto.com. I'll edit it and I'll put text on the screen. All right, thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure. All right. Now, the truth is, I've always been one to shoot the actual Canon lenses and never really had any interest in third-party lenses. But I've got to say, now when I go to a show and I see people with these Sigma Art Series lenses, I actually wish that I had them. I'm going to have to end up getting some of these things at some point or another. So, some of the other highlights of WPPI to me. I always love going by the Mindshift Gear and Think Tank booth. They are my favorite bags, hands down. In fact, pretty much my favorite accessory company from a, from a bag, backpack, belt system point of view. I love Think Tank gear. But then this happened. Right next to Think Tank was the Spider Camera Holster Company. And I stopped by to talk to Shy at that booth and before I did I was using my DJI Osmo to film things and as I'm filming he reaches out with this strap and starts to put it around the handle of my Osmo and it allows you to hang it on their spider camera holster gear now I have to say all week long going around WPPI with my DJI Osmo the Osmo mobile I had to carry it in a backpack or in my hand as soon as he did that I kind of went 
wait a minute, I'm doing this wrong. So I went back and I spent some time talking to Shai. Now, a lot of my friends, if you're in TWIP Pro or if you uh, watch any of the critiques that we've done here at the TWIP Network with Troy Miller, Troy lives on spider camera holster gear. He does weddings for a living and he only uses spider camera holster gear for carrying stuff. In fact, if I go to lunch with him and he doesn't have a camera, he will inevitably have a clip on his belt from Spider Camera Holster. That's how much he loves it. My buddy Adam L. Macias is an ambassador for the company. So Shy there gave me some stuff to look at and kind of to think about and try and use. I wanted to show you really quick. And then I actually talked to Shy, and I've got that video we'll look at in a second. This is the actual camera strap. This straps on your, your camera so that you can hold your camera and have it nice and secure and have it not fall off. Because when you're using Spider Camera Holster gear, there's no strap around your neck. They're belt clips. So let me give you an idea how this works. First of all, there's a plate. The plate goes on your camera. This is a DSLR plate. And look at this little ball here, right? This is the mirrorless version of that plate if you have a smaller mirrorless camera. And if you have already, like I do, an L bracket or an Arca Swiss plate from Really Right Stuff or whatever on your camera, they thought of everything. They made this thing. This actually screws on to your Arca Swiss plate and gives you one of those little balls here. Makes it really, really easy. Now, what does that ball and clip do for you? Well, if you want <clears throat> a big camera gear, they make belts that have clips on them and you can get them in a one or a two camera scenario and the clips that are on the belt, I'm just gonna show you the, I've got the whole belt actually down here, but I'm just gonna show you the clip from it. This is the clip that's on the belt and it has a little lever here for locking in and out. This is the DSLR version or uh, whatever the case might be, you know, bigger camera type version uh, or you're using a lens like a 70 to 200 that has a shoe mount. They actually have an attachment for the shoe mount so you can hang the camera from the shoe mount too. This is the mirrorless version and I actually like this. It just clips on your belt and when you clip it on your belt, here's what happens. I'll use the mirrorless plate to kind of show you. You put it, the camera in and drop it and just let it hang there. You get it to where you can see it and that's it. When you want it out, you lift it out drop it in. This lever right here lets you actually lock it so it doesn't come out, flip your finger, and it's out. It is so simple. And so you have that strap on, you slide your hand in the strap, you pull the camera out, boom, you're ready to go. It's so simple. And they've got some new stuff coming out. They've got clips that you can use to carry flashes on a belt. They have an entire belt system. They have clips that you can use for that. They have the thing like he showed me that is in development for mounting, you know, a, a GoPro handle or a uh, the, the DJI Osmo that I was using. And then he showed me this. Now, when I first saw this, it didn't make sense to me. And it's really, really strong. This stuff is engineered like no camera gear. I've This is engineered better than my cameras. I'm not gonna lie. It is built crazy strong. So I'm looking at this thing as he hands it to me. And this is a mount for a strap on a backpack. Now think about this for a minute. Strap on a backpack. This is a standard GoPro mount that's in there, same thing. It has a little lever and then I can sit there and I can take this out. I can put a water bottle in there. I can put all different kinds of clips and mounts inside this thing. This takes a standard GoPro mount and you can mount your GoPro in there on the strap for your backpack. 
So then what is the pad for in this Velcro strap right here? Here's the deal. If you have a small mirrorless camera that uses this little teeny mirrorless plate, you can actually have a mount in here, that same one that I said clips on your belt, right? This little one here. This little clip can actually clip on there as well. And you can take your mirrorless camera and hang it there. So what is this for? The lens and body. This Velcro undoes and wraps around the lens to keep it from bouncing around. I'm serious. Somebody is doing some thinking. Somebody isn't sleeping at night and they're sitting at home with a pad of paper going, what if I did this? I can see it happening right now. It's, it's, it's a fascinating product. So again, I don't want to speak for it. You should try it. But let's just see what they have to say about their gear. I stopped by the booth. I talked to Shy for a little bit. Again, we've got the noise on the show floor. I apologize to, to Shy and the Spider Camera Holster people for the bad audio quality on the videos from WPPI, but that floor was really noisy. So I've engineered the audio a little bit. I'm trying to make it better for you to hear, but listen to it, hear what they have to say, try their gear. I'll be back in just a second. Hey again, welcome back to WPPI 2018. I'm Steve Brazel with the Behind the Shot podcast. I'm here with Shy from Spider Holster. You need to see some of this stuff. I have friends who literally live on Spider Holster stuff. So let's talk a little bit about your products. First of all, Spider Holster is a, a how do you describe the company? It's, it's camera and accessory attachments? Yeah, it's exactly it. So it's an alternative way to carry your camera. So traditionally when you carry a camera, you carry it from the neck and you have the swing of traditional straps. So, as professional photographers, we really did not like that. So we created an alternative system that actually allows you to carry everything you need to shoot with, ergonomically, um, right from your hip. Without any weight yeah, anyway, on yeah, your shoulder, which is absolutely critical to me, the weight on the shoulder part, because when I wear a camera for you know, a long time during the day, I end up with neck pain, I end up with shoulder pain. Let's start with the camera clip first. Make sure you're close enough so the, so the mic catches this. Um, so we've got the belt clip. Explain the belt clip. Right, so basically we have a holster here. So the holster is attached to a belt. The only reason for the belt is because most professional photographers would like to actually attach other items to the belts. So it's an ergonomic way to actually uh, carry all that stuff and actually manage it uh, uh, in a way that allows you to operate very quickly and at the same time, you know, feel good about what you're doing. So your upper body is not engaged at all in anything you're carrying. It's really from the waist down. So you have a holster here. Right. The holster has a lock. That was going to be one of my questions was, you know, how do you secure the thing in there? Right. What if somebody doesn't want, like you have the whole pad under the right. camera here, right? right. Come, come down and, and catch this. You've got this whole pad going around underneath the camera. Right. What if somebody doesn't want this whole pad part? They just well, want the hook. They can just take the holster by itself and the holster by itself threads into a regular belt. Okay, so that works. So that's the pro system. Most of the time you'll see the pro system attached to the belt just because of the weights and because of the, the use of the people. Most people will just call it the belt. They don't even call it a holster. Right, right. Because it attached to the belt. Um, so you have a, a lock system. So if you want it locked completely, that's fine. The thing that's unique about Spider is that it allows you to still have an open lock, right? Right now it's a free access. And at the same time, it's designed in a way 
it's not going to come out It's not going to come out accidentally. So when you turn it, that's where you actually get to release the camera. So in turn, I can do whatever I need to do right now in whatever form that I want without locking and still have my camera. Okay, so a couple other products. So first of all, and you do have double systems, because yeah. I know a lot of people who shoot with so two. Every single could be made into what we call a dual cam system. And I'm a wedding photographer, I always go with a dual cam system, because I have my 70 to 200 here, and then my 24 to 70 lens right here, and I'm just ready to go. Ready to go. So, so here's the thing, though, is you're grabbing that. Now, because you don't have it around your neck or your shoulder, I envision the, the danger of dropping it. Right. You have a hand strap. You don't have it on here. No. Just grab them. Right. It's real TV. So yeah, yeah. So the hand straps. We have a variety of hand straps. They're phenomenal. Uh, really comfortable. Super ergonomic hand straps, and that really allows uh, allows people to relax, you know, and have like an extra security when they hold it in their hand. If they're getting bumped or anything like that, that would absolutely save them. And I, I use these, and I will tell you, the padding on them is actually really nice, which is a big thing for me because I find myself sometimes not wanting to hook it, and I'm just standing there with the camera at my side. The weight on your hand, you don't really notice because they're padded. So you've got some other things here. You've right. got on the belt. You've got flashes. We've got pouches. Right, so we have here sort of what we call the MCO, a memory card organizer. What that allows you to do is actually intelligently switch your cards. So we have a table here that we're using here. So if I want to change my card right now. I didn't I know about card. this. Yeah, <laughs> I put the card that I need to. Then it's much safer right now. And actually now I have both my hands so I can actually. You reverse them the when they're full, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah cell phone, phone if pocket. you need to or a battery if needs to and then here I just ran out of mine but these are you know business cards as well and you know if you have any outside pocket outside for whatever pocket glasses for exactly, whatever right exactly this actually has an elastic back so you can put it in any position anywhere on the belt I just like it on the front because it's my, it's my memory card that's really thing for me next up is a small clip we call it a spider monkey you know what that reminds me of? The old cell phone clips. It is. It is the old cell phone clips. It's exactly what we did. Uh, we just, it's better materials. And it's a lot, heck of a lot stronger than they used to be. And then we have a peel and stick tab. So this is a 3M adhesive. Uh, very, very, very durable, very strong. This will not uh, go away for you. Wait a minute, it's 3M. That means you can also remove it without damaging this yes. if you want. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. So that slides, as soon as that slides in here, it locks. Right. Exactly. So now your item is locked and you can release it with one finger. So, you know, after you did it for about five minutes, it's very easy to just hang your flash on. So if you're shooting and you don't know if you need your flash or you, whatever, you want to carry an extra item, then you can shoot, shoot, shoot. Oh, I need my flash. I'm doing it right here. On, right. My problem is going to be I'm going to pull it off of that and flash back and I'm going to hold it up and start making a phone call. <laughs> so let's talk about one other thing you've got on your backpack here, which I find interesting. Right. On the backpack, he's got a, a clip on his strap. So right. let's talk about what that is. All right. So this is a regular backpack. We don't make them ourselves. This is just a regular traditional backpack. And basically we have an adapter here that allows you to attach a holster to a vertical strap. So it's very simple. It has teeth in the back, and it connects via Velcro. 
So this is just sitting there, just like so. And then there is another part that comes on top of it. Basically hooks on it. Okay, and I'm gonna say that I gotta interject this. I played with this yesterday, and my first thought was, I can see that coming out. I needed two hands and a little bit of strength to actually get that thing loose. This thing's solid as a rock. Right, so you really have to do it one, one, and to that's get it off. the only okay. way to get it off. So we thought about this hard, and uh, this is a good, you know, it's a good product. And then that is the one without the pad. That's the normal belt clip. Right. So this is really the offering. This meaning the Swine Pro is the offering for professional, big cameras, you know, big equipment. This is more for either people on the go. Uh, you know, you have a camera with that really a light lens. That's a good uh, uh, a good option for you. It's called a Spider Light Holster, and the Spider Light Holster is optimized. It has a nice new uh, uh, spring clip. It's optimized to go on a regular belt, so it can go on anyone's right. belt. And then you can carry your camera, especially if it's mirrorless or like DSLR. You can carry it all day long on your own belt, and you don't need the whole pan for your whole big belt. Also, we wanted to make it uh, more useful, so it actually attaches slides right into here and locks. So you're able to actually take your camera for a walk if you want. Oh, that's what that's for. I was wondering what the milk was. So, yeah. So basically, yeah, you have right. an elastic gear. So it gear. doesn't swing around and pass around. Okay, exactly. makes sense. You have an elastic gear. just stabilizes everything. And then you're able to take pictures if you want to. And again, it doesn't require any assembly. It's very, very simple once you know what you're doing to take the holster in and out. This also comes in within a... a uh, an adapter plate for go. So that allows okay. you to any a GoPro accessory basically would slide and lock into this plate, and that plate would slide and lock that. right into here. And is that how I, he, earlier he had a water bottle on there? Is that what you're using a GoPro adapter? Yeah. So that's uh, that's not out yet. Oh, you're actually making them. He'll be back. But you got to see this because he was walking around with this. It's actually yeah. Cool. So this is this is just in kind of like R and D stages. But this is something that's coming up. So basically, a steel and uh, peel and stick to uh, any surface. So if it goes. Originally, we thought about batteries, video people, video batteries, or heavier items. Then you, you get a light. I can picture filming and having just you know a, a small LED video. Right. Oh no, absolutely. That's, that won't carry anything up to probably five kilograms. Yeah. So this is very, very strong. It has a very strong base. So this part also can go on belts. So I get, you know, we imagine people actually attaching like batteries or things like right. that to their belt and having more than one. You can have two or three. So, so basically, what it comes down to when you're looking at Spider Pro stuff is it's a very versatile system. Like I say, I know a lot of people only use for everything they're doing, their hand straps, their their belt systems, only use Spider Pro stuff because of the versatility of it. So Shai, thank you for uh, thank you for joining us. Make sure you check out what's your website? Spiderholster.com. Spiderholster.com. Check them out again. Steve Russell for the Behind the Shot Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. So now you kind of see what I mean with spider camera holster gear. Very interesting ways to have accessibility to your cameras and hang them on your body without any stress on your shoulders. You can check out all of their gear at spiderholster.com. Now, if you didn't make it for whatever reason to WPPI this year, you had a bad time last year, whatever it is, right? It's not very expensive. And even if you only do the expo, 
the business connections, the networking that you get out of a show like this are amazing. Make sure that you go next year. Everybody that was at WPPI that I talked to really enjoyed the show this year. And I gotta say, the staff really pulled off a good show. To Scott, thank you very much for everything you did to make it possible. Again, I'm your host, Steve Brazel. The next episode of Behind the Shot will go back to the normal one, where we take a look inside the mind of a great photographer by taking a closer look behind one of their shots. As always, I'm your host, Steve Brazel. This is the Behind the Shot podcast. We'll talk to you next time.